we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. How about you? I want to be in the presence of God. And that is not an unobtainable thing for any of us in this room. God has made a way for us to receive today. God has made a way for us to be in his presence today. And we're going to look at a story in the Old Testament to kind of uh, fortify what we're talking about, about being in the presence and how important it is to be driven into the presence of God. Um, there are, according to, uh, according to Dr. Voss, uh, he wrote, wrote a great book, but according to him, there is four kinds of churches today in the modern day. Um, there is a personality-driven church, there are program-driven churches, there are purpose-driven churches, and there are presence-driven churches. And when I ask this question, this isn't asking the building the question, this is asking you, the church, the saved, the redeemed, those who are, are watching at home, those who are right here um, in this room, what kind of church are we? Are we a uh, personality-driven church, a program-driven church, a purpose-driven church, or a presence-driven church? Exodus 33, 14 says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is God speaking to Moses, and we're going to dive into a lot of this in just a moment, but this is kind of our anchor verse today, and my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I want you to, to it, the most important church, in my opinion, that we can be is to be a a, a, a presence-driven church. Everything else revolves about, around the presence of God. And without his presence, everything else fails. And we're going to dive into that, like I said, in a little more detail. But there have been many times in my life that, the, that God's presence has manifested itself in my life. Um, and of course, the very first time he ever manifested his presence in any believer's life was at the cross when we became saved, when we first came to the water, when we first drank and tasted of the living water. That's when we first were introduced to the presence of the Lord. And that could have happened in many different circumstances, many different places. That may have happened in a church service. It may have happened to you at home. It may have happened to you riding in your car. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, it, it can happen in a variety of uh, it doesn't matter where it is. Any place can become an altar of repentance, amen? But God introduced his presence into your life through the form of salvation. And that was the very first time I experienced the presence of the Lord. But there's also been many other ways that God has uh, manifested his presence. Uh, there's been times in my prayer life that God has overwhelmed me by his presence so, to the point that I couldn't even speak anymore. I didn't even have words to say. All I could do is weep. All I could do is cry. But aren't you thankful today that God understands the language of tears? Aren't you thankful today that God understands weeping? And don't you understand that God understands sorrow in our hearts at times? There's been times I've been so overwhelmed by the presence of God that the joy of the Lord was so great and the presence of God was so great in my prayer time that, I, that all I could do is, is, is weep. And then there are times in worship where I've just been celebrating Jesus, been going down the road and maybe had on K-Love or had on uh, The Message or, or, or just a, one of my favorite CDs was going or whatever and I'm listening to worship music and I'm singing songs I've sung all the time or you they're very familiar but all of a sudden the presence of God comes into the vehicle anybody ever had that happen and all of a sudden that that vehicle becomes the throne room of God 
And the presence of God is so real and so rich. Maybe that happens in your living room. Maybe that happens while you're cleaning house. I don't know. But I, there's been times when I've just been worshiping and all of a sudden I've been overwhelmed by the presence of God. And then I've seen the presence of God manifest itself through miracles and wonders and signs. I have seen the lame walk. I've seen the blind eyes open. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people, if I could just see miracles. I've seen those miracles and I've watched as God's presence shows up in a very real and miraculous way through miracles and wonders and signs. Also, I have seen God manifest His presence through conversations with believers and unbelievers. I have seen God show up in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of, uh, of a conversation with somebody who believes in Jesus, and all of a sudden you feel that there's something different. There's a third person in the room. Anybody ever been there? And you feel the presence of God overwhelming you. And then I've also seen the presence of God in my conversations with unbelievers as we talk about where their life is, and I begin to share the gospel, and I I've got news for you. No man has ever, ever saved anybody's soul. Jesus is the salvation of this world. Amen. And all of a sudden you're sharing your faith and Jesus steps in and that unbeliever becomes a believer. I've seen the presence of God that way. I've seen the presence of God manifest itself through nature itself, through sunrises and sunsets. And I've, I've seen God's presence through uh, uh, watching a, a solar eclipse or watching, uh, or, or watching a lunar eclipse or watching different things happen in the skies. I've seen God's presence manifest itself through a, a, a piece of dust burning up in the atmosphere. We call it a shooting star. I've watched the hand of God show himself through creation itself. I've watched the, his, his self, uh, the presence of God manifest itself through the scripture when the word of God becomes large letter edition in my life. In other words, I'm reading a, a passage of scripture maybe I've read oh, I don't know how many times or countless times and it jumps off the page into my heart and all of a sudden God's word becomes alive and real and it's not just words on a page. I've felt the presence of God through his word. What are you saying, pastor? I could go on and on and on, but God's longing desire is to manifest his presence in the lives of those who know him. There are those four kinds of churches, as I've said, according to Dr. Voice. There are the personality-driven, program-driven, and purpose-driven churches, but there are also the presence-driven churches. Craig Rochelle writes in his book, It, and this is not It as in Stephen King's It. This is It as in the, is the presence of the Holy Spirit being in a church. He says, you know when the Holy Spirit is in a church, and you know when it is present, and you know when it is not. You know when it is present in a song and you know when it is not. You know when it is present in a sermon and when it is not. What are you saying pastor? In other words, you know when a church has it and you know when they don't have it. And guess what? There's no church on this earth that can manufacture it. It only comes through the presence of God being in us. And I'm here to tell you, you can lose it if you're not careful. I, won't, I don't want to ever lose it. Do you? I want the presence of God to be felt every time we gather in this house. I want to feel it. How about you? The presence of God. I have found the most effective for me of all of these churches is the presence-driven church. To his, in, his, in other words, I'm not seeking a crowd. I'm seeking to introduce people to the saving grace and the love and the relationship that Jesus offers us with God the Father as disciples of, of him. That's what I seek after. How about you? I want to see, yeah, everybody's like, I just want to see the church grow. But I'm going to tell you, we can grow in numbers till we outgrow this building and build a new one 
and outgrow it and have to build another one. But if we do not grow in the presence of God, then we have accomplished nothing. Nothing. I want to grow, how about you, in the presence of God. Now, I'm going to share a few points with you. Number one, we need the manifestation of God's presence in our everyday lives. In other words, there's a lot of people who live their lives from moment to moment, from experience to experience. I'm going to live my life from youth group meeting when God really shows up to youth group meeting when he, you know, maybe a few few weeks. And I'm going to live my life from conference to conference, from encounter to encounter, from revival to revival. And you know, when we have those really good services, that's going to get me through. I want you to understand that God is wanting to manifest his presence in our lives on a daily basis. It's not something he wants just to show up and and let's say, boy, that was really rare. If it's rare, it's because we haven't prepared our hearts for it. If it's rare, it's because we haven't sought after it. I'm here to tell you the presence of the Lord is in this room. And if we will take a moment, we'll fill him in this room. For he is here and where he is, great things happen. Great things happen. Amen. Moses would not even move without the presence of the Lord. Moses used to cast the tent of meeting outside the camp of Israel. And when he went to the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and the people would stand in their tent doors and they would worship. I want to read a little bit of this to you today. Uh, in other words, Exodus 33, 12, 7 through, uh, verse 12 through 17. Now, before I read it, I want to kind of set you up. God was upset with the, with the nation of Israel. As a matter of fact, they had turned once again again to false things. They had turned once again to false gods. Once again they had said we would rather be in Egypt than to have than to be in this wilderness. We would rather be slaves again than to be free in this wilderness. And God was upset. And God had told Moses in the very first part of this chapter, he said, I'm done with this people. I'm going to disinherit them. They can go on to the promised land, but I'm not going with them. That's what he said. He's saying my presence will no longer go forward with them in the previous verses. But then in verse Verse 12 through 17, or actually let's begin, let's back up. Verse 7 through 17, let's read that. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each one would stand at their tent door and, and, and watch Moses until he had gone in. Now when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud, was you know, this is that pillar of cloud that they followed by day and the pillar of fire by night. When the pillar of cloud would descend at the tent door when Moses went in and the people, the people, uh, let me back up. Then Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each man at his tent door. It's easy to worship when you're seeing that kind of thing, I think. And it's also easy to worship when you know you're in trouble. Amen? They were in trouble. Why were they in trouble? They had failed God. They had messed up and they knew that their destiny was being decided inside that tent. I want you to hear me. They knew that the conversation that was about to go on in that tent was about their destiny as a people and so guess what? They got real religious. Anybody get real religious when things get bad? Amen. You know, somebody gets real religious. I got news for you. I know people cuss you out, and the minute something, you know, religious comes on the radio, oh, I love Jesus. God, so good. No. They got real religious really, really fast. Come on. And so they get to their tent door. They're worshiping God at their tent door. They're, they're magnifying God at their tent door. And Moses is meeting with God. Let's go on. 
And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance, verse 10, of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each one at his tent door. Thus the Lord would speak with Moses. This is my absolute favorite verse, not just in Exodus, probably in the entire Old Testament. Thus the Lord would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Wow. Wow. Wow, face to face as a man would speak to his friend. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. In other words, Joshua remained in his presence. And we're going to go back to that. When we remain in the presence of God, great things are going to happen in our life. Young person, you want your future to be great? Remain in the presence of the Lord. You, you know what? Long after the songs end in church, let the song continue in your life. And I'm telling you, if you remain in the presence of God, God's got good things for you. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Moses said in verse 12 to the, to the Lord, say, See, you say to me, bring, his, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You ha- yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways. Should that not be the prayer of the church at this hour? If we found favor with you, God, show us your ways. Don't let us do it our way. Let us do it your way. Show us your ways, God. He goes on and says that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. I love that. This is Moses nicely passing the buck back to God. Amen. God said, they're not my people. They're your people. He says, no, I ain't taking responsibility for this group. They're your people. Don't you like that? And and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to to him, if your presence will not go, uh, go with me, do not, do not bring us up from here. If you're not with us, there's no point. If you're not going to go with us, there's no point. I want you to hear what I'm saying, church, because we're going to go into that in a moment. If you're not with us, there's no point in going forward. Don't bring us up. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? How, can, how, how will people know that we belong to you if you're not with us? How will they know that we're really Christians if you're not with us? That's what he's saying. How will they really know that we're followers of you if you're not with us? Amen? Amen. Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight. Boy, what a relief that must have been. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Do you know God knows your name today? Amen. God wants to pour out revival and manifest his glory on this earth. I believe that with all my heart. Number two, repentance, consecration, and prayer precede revival. And we think we're going to get to revival without those things, and we're not. But if we do not realize repentance, consecration, and prayer precede our revival, or precede precede revival, then then we are fooling ourselves. Revival is the reawakening and the reaffiliation of our faith, or reaffirmation of our faith. It is the recognition that we need the manifested presence active in our lives every day. In other words, I, 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 I will just say this. Um, there's a great, great prayer meeting that is broken out in Nashville, Tennessee right now. And it's happened at Long Hollow Baptist Church. And their pastor, Pastor Robbie, uh, opened the service not long ago. I was watching online. And he opened the service with this question. He said, if revival in, your commu- in this community relied on your prayer life, would we have revival? No one else's but on yours. If revival in this community relied on your prayers... Where would we be? 
Man, that was convicting to me. That was challenging to me. And I'm here to tell you it should challenge each and every one of us that are saying we need a move of God in Chattooga County. We need a move of God in our, our state, in our nation, in our world. I've got news for you. It relies on our prayers. It relies on His favor. It relies on the manifested presence of God being upon the people of God in this hour. Amen. Amen. The presence of God affects every area of our lives. If I am going to be a powerful for God, I have to have the manifested presence of God in my life. There is no shortcut to it. If I'm going to be productive for God, I have to have His presence manifesting in my life. If I'm going to be pleasing to God, I have to have His presence manifesting in my life. In other words, without His presence, there is no point. In other words, number two, the preeminence of God is, is, is present. In other words, let me define preeminence. This is the quality or the state of being superior. In other words, God has to be superior to any other thing in our lives. God has to be preeminent to anything else in your life. If we do not believe in the sovereignty and the, and, and, and the, and the uh, superiority of God in our lives, then we are not going to see the mission of God accomplished in this community or in our own lives. What are you saying, Pastor? Moses understood the importance of the presence of God. Exodus 6, verses 2 through 3, he says this, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. In other words, God is advancing his relationship to another level with Moses. He's saying, I, they knew me as God Almighty. You're going to know me by name. In other words, Moses knew his name and they got so scared of the name that he was given that they forgot the name because they wouldn't speak the name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody said, no, he said Yahweh. No, that wasn't the name that, God, that Moses got. God, God gave his name to Moses, but they got so scared of that name that they were going to misuse it that they didn't, they, they said, well, we're not going to speak it. And they didn't speak it and they didn't write it and so we don't know it. Got it? So listen to me today. In other words, God spoke his name into Moses' life. He is elevating his relationship with, from, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to a new level with Moses. He's saying, I'm going to take you into a deeper relationship than your forefathers had. I want you to know there's a lot of us that are basing our relationship on, with God on what grandma had or grandpa had or, or aunt so-and-so had or mama had or daddy had. I've got news for you. God is saying, I'm glad that I blessed Phil and Tina, but Paige and Peyton, I'm wanting to elevate my relationship to a higher level with you. Yeah. Are you following me this morning? Some of us have got to have our relationship elevated to a higher level. Amen. We're relying on the prayers and the, and, the, and, and the past to carry us. It will not carry you, but so far, you need the presence of God, not the past. Are you following what I'm saying? You need the presence of God, not the past. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In other words, God is advancing his relationship with us. God has continued to advance the relationship of himself to mankind throughout the years. In other words, prophet, priest, and king. He became all of those to us. Amen. And now he manifests himself as the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen. He is God Almighty in our lives if we will accept him. Moses learned quickly the importance of the presence of God. Moses knew he had a purpose, but he realized that purpose had to take second place to the presence of God. Some of you need to write that one down. He understood that, that, that he had a purpose, but he realized my purpose is second to presence. 
My purpose, my plans, my dreams, my hope are second to his presence. There's a lot of us making plans outside the presence of God. We're making plans and we want God to bring grace and blessing on it. And God's saying what I've got planned for you is already anointed. It is already blessed. It is already saturated with my presence. What I have planned. And it's found in presence. Amen. Look at somebody say you need his presence. There are Christians sitting in church, churches across the world right now, this very minute, who know the Bible. They even know the purpose of God, but they do not understand the presence. Oh, God help me. They're sitting hearing the word, and they know the purpose of God is to evangelize this world. They know the purpose of God is to reach every lost nation and to preach the gospel to every ear that will hear it. I want you to know you can, un, you can understand the purpose of God, and you, but not know the presence of God. You can know about God, but not know God. I'm here to tell you God is not inviting you to know about him this morning. He's not saying, Pastor, teach them to know about me. He's saying, no, Pastor, invite them to fellowship with me in my presence I want to draw them in I want to know them and have a relationship with them he is about presence amen amen Tina's not my mail order bride amen we get married and we remain pen pals no I wanted her presence amen amen how many have ever been talking to somebody and say you're here but you ain't present come on how many times are we saying God is here? <laughs> Two or three gathered in his name there. He, he's in their midst. He can be in our midst and us not experience his presence. He can be in this place all over this place today, but we not experience his presence. God help me preach this this morning. God has continually advanced his kingdom and advanced his presence. In other words, he wants us to do more than just sit in a church and learn about him. His presence will guide and direct you into, in, into greener pastures and living water. Do you believe that this morning? Salvation, deliverance, supernatural comfort, the Spirit being given, led, understanding the deeper things of God. All of these are found in the active presence of God in our lives, not just an appreciation of when I used to feel His presence. Oh, if I could just feel Him like I used to. God's saying, I hadn't changed. I hadn't changed. I'm right here. I'm still the same God. If he hasn't changed, that only leaves one party that has changed. In other words, having a great personality is, is, is not going to advance the kingdom like we think it is. If a man has a friend, he must show himself friendly. However, personality cannot replace presence. I want to share this with you. There are, there are churches that are busting out their scenes because of great personality. And, and I'm not against those churches. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I also know this. There's a lot of churches that would grow if somebody would learn how to smile. Come on. Be nice, kind, love, joy, all those good things. I think it's called the fruit for those in my class of the Spirit. Amen. You want to know that joke? You got to attend the membership class. So, Ann, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the presence of God, there is no substitute, substitute for it. In other words, there's a lot of people that think that different things are going to bring, produce the presence. So, there are churches that have great personality. Amen. 
And they've grown because of personality. But there is no presence in their, in, in their congregation. There are churches that have great and useful programs of ministry. And look, I'm not against these things. I'm just telling you, they all, they all uh, will never produce what we want them to produce on their own. Only the presence of God produces it. Anyway, programs are useful in ministry, and they, but they should never replace the presence of God. You can have great and useful programs that benefit this community and bless this community, but never see it transformed by the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We've just blessed a bunch of people with a program that's good, but they've never experienced the presence of God in their lives. happens all the time. And then we need to know this, that our purpose alone must never replace the presence of God. There's a lot of people that think, if I live out my purpose on this earth, then I actually have the presence of God. Moses understood that was not the case. God said, you go ahead, you lead the people. And God said, no, unless your presence goes with us, there is no point in leaving this place. I would rather die right here and, not, and know that I'm still in your presence than to proceed without it. And I'm here to tell you, I believe God's got some great things in store for this church and a lot of other churches, but if we barrel ahead without, for our purpose, here's our purpose, let's go after it. Without the presence of God, we will fail miserably. Oh, we may even accomplish a few things, but we will fail to see the full manifestation of the presence of God fill this community and transform the lives. There's a lot of people trying a lot of plans and programs and personalities to try to build the kingdom of God, but I'm here to tell you, we all have to become like Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man who departed not, the Bible says, out of the presence of the Lord. Moses, the old time senior pastor, he left and he went back to be pastor of the nation of Israel. But the Bible says Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not from the presence of the Lord. He said, you, you can go on, but I got to stay here a little thought longer. It is those who linger in his presence that God will use mightily. So if you want to be used of God, church, you've got to start. Look, there's a lot of people look back and they say, why is this one being used and that one's not being used? Why is this one getting called to go preach somewhere and I'm not getting called to preach somewhere? I want you to know something. When I was out getting revivals, it wasn't because of my deep theological understanding of the word. It was not because of anything uh, but the favor of God and the presence of God. People were not seeking me. They were seeking him and they sought where his presence might be found. We need to start looking towards the presence of God. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying simply this. In this church, if, oh, I'll give you a great illustration. There are people that you will talk Jesus with, but there are people you will not call on to pray for you. There are people you'll hug their neck and shake their hands, but there are people that you're going to seek out. Look, when my family's going through crisis, there are people I seek out to pray for my family. And why do you say, why do you seek them out? I seek them out because not of who they are, not because of their bloodline, not because of their background, but because the presence of God is in their life. And I need somebody, I don't know about you, I need somebody to get a hold of God for me. Come on. You ever had to go through a laundry list of repentance before you prayed? I have. Oh, Lord, let me get my list out. (laughs) 
Lack of forgiveness. Will you forgive me for that? Because I really need your presence. But I understand presence comes with repentance. Mm. And I have to read my laundry list. Then I get down to business with God. Now that I got me right and cleared up, <laughs> I can talk to you about what I need. Look, folks, there are times we've got to be instant in season. How about that? There are times when we're called on in moments of crisis when we need to get a hold of God and you need somebody to get a hold of God and you not, you're not, look, I call my mom and dad not because they're my mom and dad. There's a lot of mom and dads in this world. But I call my mom and dad not because of who they are, but because of the presence of God I know abides in their life. So when we go through crisis, we text, we text mom and dad and we text Tina's mom and we're saying, look, because we know you dwell in the presence of God, you don't have to go through a laundry list to get down to what I need because I don't have time for you to get right. <laughs> Nobody's ever felt that way. <laughs> What if you called me up and say, Phil, will you pray for our family? I'm going to need a day or two to get things straight with God. But you don't understand the surgeries in the morning. I'll try to get it done. But I have done a lot. Me and God's got to do something. Then I'll feel like I can get a prayer through. Folks, listen, you may be laughing, but it's a serious matter. When you need prayer, you don't seek out people. You seek out the presence of God. You may have never looked at it that way till today. You don't see that. I'm going to tell you right now, when I ask somebody to do something, I'm not seeking the person. I'm seeking the presence of God. Who can bring the presence of God into that situation? Who can bring the presence of God? When we used to seek the Lord about who would preach at our youth camps, when we directed youth camps years ago, it was it wasn't who was popular. It wasn't who could draw in the kids to camp. It was God who can be before your face and get a hold of you so that you can bring a fresh word from heaven to those who are coming. Because for some people, they'll never be in our doors again. We must be a people of presence. The purpose of God's presence, this is the last point I'll make. What is the purpose of God's presence? The presence of God will guide you through life. Psalms 48, 14, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our God even unto death. Even unto death. He guides us. Then what, what is the purpose? second purpose of God? The presence of God would, will be our salvation in the midst of battle. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17 says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of your Lord with you. What is this? This is one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. How did they win the battle through presence? Not their presence, God's presence. They just worshiped God. God said, You ain't got an army, that's okay. What you want to do? Look, if somebody was an armed combatant coming against us, how many want the praise team to go out and sing to them? Okay, let's just take it on a spiritual level. There's a demonic horde, and you can see them gathering against your family. How many would say, okay, I know what we need. We need the praise team to go out and sing to them. That's my last choice. I'm wanting some prayer warriors. How about you? I want some people to know the book. You know what? That wasn't the case in 2 Chronicles. They had a great army that had gathered against them, and God says to them through the prophet, through one of the prophets, says, tomorrow you go out and you face this enemy, but you're going to take the worship team. Leave your swords at home. Leave your spears at home. You're not going to need them because the Lord's fixing to show you how his salvation works. 
And so they gathered up, and then the Bible says at the morning hour, they began to sing, they began to praise God. The enemy was so much startled by this, not to mention angelic armies were there, and they began to leap upon one another, and they killed each other. That's in the Bible. And it took three days for the children of Israel to gather the spoils off the battlefield. Folks, what would happen if we began to praise God till His presence showed up in our, our situation? We began to worship God till His presence began to take over our workplace. We began to worship God till His presence began to come into our high schools and our school systems. We began to praise God till His presence began to come into our families where it's nothing but a battlefield. I'm here to tell you when we begin to have His presence, God will begin to fight the battles that you and I have tried to fight and keep on losing. Some of us, we keep trying to get victory over sin in our life. It's the same sin. It's a familiar sin. When things go bad, we run back to what is familiar and we've done it in a cycle that cannot be broken it seems like I'm here to tell you the presence of God can break any addiction in your life the presence of God can set any captive free the presence of God will bring revival, renewal to this community and to this family I'm here to tell you we need his presence Amen the presence of God will confront us in times of tribulation enabling us to confront others as well with that same comfort. In, in, other words, it, in, in other words, he will co confront us. But as he confronts us, it's always to comfort us. Amen? If God exposes you, it's never to embarrass you. It's to heal you. Amen? Amen? How many's ever kept something in the dark and that thing just ruled them? Tortured them? Just ruled over you, tortured over you. And then almost when you get caught, a sense of relief was on you. Even though you knew there were consequences, you were just glad finally that you no longer had to hide it. It's out. Thank God. I can eat. I can sleep. Do you realize the enemy wants each and every one of us to keep things hidden and not bring it into the light? But my friend, I believe with all my heart, some of us need to grab hold of some things that have screamed at us and held us in bondage in the dark and drag it into the marvelous light of Jesus. What did he say? He says, for you are a chosen generation in Peter, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm here to tell you, I'm not proud of what I've done in the past, but I am sure proud of the Jesus that set me free. I am sure proud to say it was the presence of God God that broke my chains. It was the presence of God that opened my prison. It's the presence of God that's kept me free. The presence of God. Do you realize it's a difficult thing to tempt those who are in His presence? When you abide in His presence, isn't it hard for the devil to bring stuff at you? Think about it. You're coming off your best time with God. You've just been shouting up a storm. You can't, you know, you get that Holy Ghost croup. Some of y'all ain't known that. You're going to know that before this year's over with. Holy Ghost, you can't. God, it's so good. Can't talk. Oh. The presence of God breaking chains in your life and keeping you free. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of, of the grace of God that was given, given you in Christ Jesus. In other words, I give thanks to God that you are presence-driven. Church, 
we will not accomplish what's ahead of us without being presence-driven. In other words, every day you and I should be seeking the presence of God. Every day we should acknowledge that it is through His presence that we can accomplish our purpose. It is through His presence that my personality can be better. Come on. There are some people I've happened to me, I ain't got a friend in that church. Well, smile. You see, people get mad at that. But how many want to be friends with sour? I get that in the world. Come on, smile. If a man should have friends, show himself friendly. We need God to work on our personality. I got news for you. You can do all the self-help books you want. But the only thing going to change your personality is his presence. Amen? Have you ever met somebody's personality changed by the presence of God? Yes, you have. You ever met somebody so mean you couldn't, I mean just mean. Mean people. Have you ever met somebody like that? And then all of a sudden, you, you go up to them, you're thinking, oh, Lord, they're going to pick some kind. Of, and it's all like, what happened to them? Oh, you didn't hear? They got saved. The presence can alter the personality. Oh, my goodness. Amen? God's presence. God can put joy in somebody that doesn't know how to laugh. Amen? I worry about some people. Because they're supposed to have the hope of Jesus in their life. But yet when the world sees us, all they see is sour, aggravated, mean, reacting to the world the way the world reacts to the world instead of reacting the way that Jesus reacts to this world. I want you to understand something. You can't change nothing that's going on right now. Amen. So cash your check from Uncle Joe and be happy about it. Because you're going to pay later. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's some free advice. I'm putting mine in savings because I'm just going to end up giving it back. It's coming. What are you saying, Pastor? You'll never find persistent joy outside of His presence. You'll never find what you're looking for. out. And look, and if you're wanting to be used in ministry... There's nothing like His presence that produces favor. Amen. Amen. Because I'm going to just tell you something. I was sharing a little bit of my testimony with a young minister. And I love it because they started off going, well, you're old. <laughs> Thanks. So, let me, how did you get your start? You, you, who, who'd you know? I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I was called to preach when I was, just had turned 19. My whole life got altered. I changed my major from education to theology. Because if I was going to do what God had called me to do, I wanted to be equipped to do it. So that's, I just threw everything towards that. I called my dad and mom, and dad said, well, I know a few pastors. I'll try to get you a few revivals set up. And I said, that'd be great. Before my dad could set up the first revival, I was scheduled in 15 or, or four different states, 15 different places 
to people I didn't even know their name. And you're saying, oh, well, you must have had a great personality. No, it really wasn't that great. Because I had class clowned and joked my way through most of life. But when I felt the enormity of what God had called me to do, I began to seek his presence. And before long, I was speaking in campus events, and these people who I went to college with were going home and saying, why don't you call this guy? He'll come. I think he'd be great for our youth. I think he'd be great. So by age 22, I'd, I'd traveled more of the world than most people see in a lifetime. And it was not because of how theologically sound I was. Because that has been a lifelong and still is a lifelong endeavor to know this book. It was not because of who I knew. Well, it was, but not who you think. It was because of his presence. There's some of us, we want to be used of the Lord. But I got news for you. There's there, talents a dime a dozen. Speakers are a dime a dozen. But those who have been in his presence is what God's seeking after. And I don't know about you, but I want anybody that teaches things, teaches our youth, our children, or even does nursery or whatever, or runs a camera, to be a person of presence. Amen? You see, I don't care if we watch the live feed and they've watched the wall because the Holy Spirit hits Mason in a way that he can't do nothing but worship at that time. That's all right with me. Because I would rather have a person of presence even running a camera than a person with talent and ability to make it the best production they can. But there's no anointing in our lives. What are you saying? The anointing comes with the presence. And when there's anointing on someone's life, you know it. You know the difference between somebody that's been with God and they haven't. We stand. Tell you kind of a funny story, kind of a sad story. I went to a minister's conference, and this guy that is supposed to have been a big shot was going to get up and speak. And he says, you know how much someone hasn't studied by how long they go. Because when they ramble on and on and on, they haven't studied, they haven't prepared, and they sure haven't prayed. He preached for two and a half hours. That's the truth. I'm sitting there going, whoa. And the most convicting part of his message was the fact that he had been at a place where they hired to get his grass cut, but then he was moved to a place where he had to cut his own grass, and he sat there and wept like a baby. Boy, he had every heart of every pastor in that room. I hope you're catching the sarcasm. I'll take anybody with presence over polish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'll take anybody with presence over pomp and polish and recognition any day. Because when it comes down to it, I would rather have a hot, holy hand of somebody that stutters through a prayer but has been in the presence with God praying for me. 
than somebody that can pray the prettiest dressed up King James prayer you ever heard. We need presence. You and I need His presence. You want to be a good daddy? Get in His presence. You want to be a good father? Get in His presence. You want to be a good husband? Get in His presence. You want to be a good wife, a good mama? Get in His presence. You want to be a good brother, a good sister? Get in His presence. You want to have a powerful church? Let's get in His presence. You want to see a move of God? Get in His presence. You want to see the sick healed? Get in His presence. You want to see salvation to this community? Get in His presence. And He will go before us. And we will see miracles. Not even the Red Sea will stop us. Not even Pharaoh's armies will stop us. Nothing will stop us as long as we are in His presence. Somebody needs to be praying for that. Somebody in this room, you got a hunger for God. You want to be used of God, but you're saying, I need His presence. If that's you, you need to be finding an altar now. Don't wait on me to say, come. This isn't a three-step thing. This is just simply this. Do you want it? Do you want His anointing? Do you want His presence? Do you want God to move? If you're watching at home, you ought to be down by your couch right now praying. You ought to be down by your couch seeking God, saying, I want your presence, God. I want to be used, but I can't be used without your presence. I want to see God move in our community, but we can't see Him move without your presence because our personality ain't going to work. Our personality's not going to win this community. I'm going to tell you right now, our programs are not going to win this community. Only abiding in the presence of God is going to bring conviction and revival and change to this county. If that's you and you want to see that happen, let's come. Let's find a place to pray. Let's come on right now. If you want to pray at your seat, that's fine, but you need to be praying. Let's find a place now. Let's seek the face of God now. Well, folks, I'm telling you, God's ready for us to step into what He has for us. But to step into that, we must first have Him and His presence in our life. Let's pray. Let's pray all over this room. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you'd like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.